this, this is what you do when you choose to just lead in those areas. And it might not be the whole shebang all at once, but that next step, the next actionable step that you can take that can help you to implement these things, some of these ideas. And some is always better than none. So if you're just afraid it's not going to go, well, do something. Even if you can't do the full thing, do something. And, and that bias towards action creates momentum towards success. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Tai Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Today, we're answering the question, how do we have good meetings? Over these past few weeks, we've been covering topics in that second pillar of the Catholic ministry professionals framework. We've talked about optimizing your office space and time, and how to make your team better. Today, we discuss meetings. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll tackle the do's and don'ts of parish communications and budgeting. Hey, John. Well, hi there, Ty. <laughs> you sounded Irish there. <laughs> you know what's funny is I was going for a Minnesotan accent because that's going to make fun of you. <laughs> that I just not even close. Accents aren't my thing. <laughs> you know what? My fellow Minnesotans and my distant cousins, the Wisconsinites, are very proud of me. <laughs> are they talking about you all across the midwest <laughs> yeah you betcha <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah don't you know um for- i i will say that i have become super aware of my minnesotan accent and i don't know how to feel about it <laughs> it's beautiful hey it's beautiful part of your heritage your scandinavian roots mm-hmm. and the minnesotan uh wilds <laughs> yeah, for, I, for you dear listeners my my wife was just calling out ty for his minnesotan accent um just about a week ago she said it really comes out i've never really thought about him as being all that minnesotan before but it comes out to and, and i'll be honest ty if it makes you feel better i don't necessarily notice it but you know maybe i'm just used to it <laughs> yeah i'm not so much proud of the accent but i'm very proud of my hot dishes oh um, yeah Oop. Oop. I tell you what. <laughs> that'll that'll make a lot of moms in Minnesota proud. Just mm. that I brought up hot dishes and not casseroles. <laughs> Can I tell you, like one of the most sensitive, intimate moments of my life? Yep. Uh, my mom makes an amazing chicken noodle hot dish. Okay. And uh, Brooke, when we were first... Moved into uh, our house. We had our we had our kids. It was kind of our first place settled down in a home. And she made this chicken noodle hot dish. And it was like the first time being with my family. And eat, and it was like a meal that hearkened to my youth. It was super nostalgic. And I, I started to get very emotional and I wept. <laughs> because the food was so good. And uh, it, it's something she teases me about it. But it was this really weird moment where it was like my past and my future and my present were all there. And it was all Dang. just so good. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. Hey, food ministers to the heart, man. Dang. <laughs> that is so awesome, though. Yeah, I know it was good. What a way to win over your future bride or were you already married? No, we were married. Yeah, yeah. And, oh. we, and we had just had our we just had. Our second child, so it was like this really, it felt like this really full family moment. Yeah. Mm. 
It was good. Dang. Just breaking <laughs> bread. That's right. Well, <laughs> let's dive in. Well, today we're talking about meetings, and this is something that I, I don't think it's unique just to parishes necessarily, but I think most people who are in a professional situation have experienced bad meetings as kind of a given. And this is especially true in a parish atmosphere. And I'm not saying that some parishes don't get it right, but I still haven't talked to that parish professional that thinks that their par- that their church does. So we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about having meetings that are good. <laughs> and uh, it, I think it's such a, a given at parishes too. At one, at one church that I worked at, the my coworker, Mike, shout out to Mike. He would show up to meetings and every single one he'd bring the same mug and it said on the front, I survived another meeting that should have been an email. And, uh, you know, just calling it out and nobody even fights it. And I, I've talked in the past episodes about approaching my pastor to discuss our meetings and see about how we how we can make them better just to have him respond with, eh, I know they're bad. Kind of a whatever. So what attitude? They're just bad. It's just is the way it is when you work in a parish. Uh, and the thing is that I, I think our pastors often know or whoever's leading the meeting usually is aware. Yeah, these aren't all that effective or fruitful, but even though there's there's no real deny about it, I don't think I don't think they typically see a way out. And even in the one parish that I worked at, we worked with Amazing Parish, learned a new way. It was difficult enough to transition that even they defaulted back after several months of trying something new. So again, I don't think it's unique to parishes, but I do believe in an organization that has the most important mission in the world, it is worth our time to begin having meetings that that don't suck. <laughs> like We got to have meetings that are fruitful, meetings that bring value to the parish, and meetings that help us to propel the mission forward, especially with the weight of the mission that we have in our church. So, as we continue this conversation, our, our three pillars of the Catholic Ministry Professionals Framework, having better conversations, doing better work, and becoming a better leader, this is a must, to have better meetings that can lead us to a point where we can be more effective implementing the mission of the church. Amen? So as we talk about having good meetings, affectionately we can call it, we can say how to have meetings that don't suck, <laughs> you know. But as we talk about having good meetings, um, there's really two parts we're going to focus on in this episode. Um, the first part is what types of meetings do you need to have? And then the, the second part is three parts that make for a good meeting. And so we'll kind of flesh out those two different areas because they're both they're both important. And I, I would say that first one, what types of meetings do you need to have? Typically a parish team probably meets at one time a week as a group. They have one meeting on their calendar together. And it this becomes really difficult to get anything done because it's the one time everybody can kind of pick each other's brains. Maybe it's the one time you can really track father down and get him to answer some questions. So it just becomes this word vomit. Everybody has to get everything out in the course of that one hour a week. And, and it's just no wonder then that we don't have any time to come up with anything beyond the day-to-day to discuss, to plan out, and to attack and, and to change. So if you want to have meetings that don't suck the life out of your soul, I'm going to propose this when we talk about what types of meetings to have. The answer is not to have fewer meetings and condense more stuff into it, but it's ha- it, the trick is to have more productive meetings more often. As we look at these these different types of meetings we have, we're going to look at 
uh, kind of a framework. This is from Pat Lincioni. He is the author of Death by Meeting, which is a great read. It kind of gives you a, a framework for it. He's uh, the guy who created the table group. They consult with multi-million dollar corporations. And he helped to start The Amazing Parish, which is kind of takes a lot of the stuff that he created a lot of the content he does with the table group and it applies it to the Catholic church, a church setting, helping people to do kind of what we're doing, which is to become a better parish, an amazing parish, if you will. And so uh, some of this is adopted from them and kind of takes that framework, but I, I think it's just really great. And there's no need to recreate the wheel, you guys. This is right here. This is something you can look up, amazingparish.org. They do a really good job. But we're going to run through their four suggest their suggestions for the four types of meetings that every leadership team within the context of a parish should have. And so the types of meetings you should have, number one, that's your daily check-in. I can't even tell you the number of times that I've just needed to have a quick conversation with Father, but I didn't see him at all that day. If we were to commit as a parish staff, we're going to have this five to ten minute chunk where we just, everybody's going to meet together. Now it might be right away in the morning, it might be towards the end of the day, it might be right around lunch whatever it is, I am convinced that if there was an opportunity for the parish staff to have this little five-minute standing meeting where everybody just kind of fires off, hey, these are the things I'm doing today, this is the question I have for you, the question I have for you, touch base, and then move on with their days, I believe that would solve probably like 65% or more of the boredom issues that come from our weekly meetings. Because again, everybody's trying to get all of their stuff in. So you might have a 10, 15-minute block where so-and-so is talking about something in the finance department that really doesn't have a lot to do with everyone else, but it's their one chance to touch base with Father that entire week. And so that creates checkout. People aren't engaged. It makes the meeting feel like it's not fruitful or effective. It's not engaging for me because I'm not talk- we're not talking about things that I actually deal with in a given day. So that five to 10 minute standing meeting, and I can't stress this, don't don't start going down all the different rabbit holes and sitting down to have great big discussions. This is just, hey, check in. This is what I need today. This is what I'm doing and moving on. And everybody gets then that one-on-one moment with whoever they need. And then again, nobody has to say at the full staff meeting, hey, Father, as long as you're here, can we talk about this really quick? right? It just takes care of that whole issue. So that's the first one of the meetings you need to have. It's a daily check-in. Number two, it's their weekly team meeting. Now, this is the one we're probably most familiar with in a parish setting. It's that everybody's here. We're going to meet for this, this tactical meeting. So this is your weekly tactical meeting. It might run 45 to 90 minutes, right? But it's it's really tactical. Now, I want to talk about tactical. What does this mean? If you just find the definition of tactical, it's relating to or constituting actions carefully planned to gain a specific military end, right? This is where our mission, our vision is key. You need, these meetings need to be focused on the mission, the vision of the church. It's on specific actions. These are specific things that we are trying to accomplish. And some of it, yes, it's going to be that weekly rotation, the the mass that weekend. But some of it, it, it might be gearing up for a parish fundraiser. But all of it needs to be united to the tactical implementation of the parish vision and mission. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that might look like, that specific tactical meeting. We're going to do that in the how to have good meetings part. Uh, but, you know, other things might come up, right? And the, the value of this is we're just looking at the tactical parts. So there might be a recurring issue in 
the context of getting ready for the mass, right? Say we've we got to talk about the volunteers, all this stuff. Well, maybe there's a recurring issue that comes up. The volunteers aren't showing up. And, you know, maybe the same three families are getting tapped every single week to do all of the volunteering and they have to step up last second and they never get a chance to just be at mass because they're constantly getting pulled into the ministry. They're getting constantly pulled into the liturgical ministries. Um, And this then maybe becomes a bigger issue that needs to be tackled together. And that's where we get to the third kind of meaning, which is just an ad hoc one, right? This is just a meeting that, hey, this issue's coming up. We're not going to deal with it right now at this meeting because the tactical meeting has a different purpose, right? So we're going to set aside time on another day where we're going to look specifically at this issue, and that's your ad hoc meeting. And this is not one that you need to have on a regular basis. It's to deal with things as they arise. You're not going to try to solve those major issues in 10 minutes in the weekly meeting. That's how things end up not getting done because you're trying to do too big of a chunk in too small of a time. So you have to make a new meeting to deal with that. And again, it it might be something like the volunteers, but it also could be something controversial that comes up or maybe there's a strategic issue or there's something traumatic that happened that you need another meeting to be able to address this issue and really just hash it out, make some decisions that lead towards action. For example, one of the things we ran into in my last parish was we kept running into scheduling issues with the rooms that we had. So Father would be going in to have a meeting with somebody in the church, or our volunteer coordinator would be going in to train someone, or a liturgical um, coordinator would be going to practice music with somebody, and they'd go into the nave, the church, and one of our Catholic school classes would be in there practicing whatever they're doing or doing a lesson, just running into conflict issues. And this this became something that was a regular occurrence. So I got together, I put up a new calendar system, and I spent the next several months having one-on-one conversations with people to try and fix it, get everybody trained up, when that should have actually probably been, a, hey, we're going to take two hours, three hours on this day, I'm going to train everybody, this is how it works, we're just going to bang it out, get it done. That would have been a great ad hoc meeting. So just those things that come up that need just a condensed chunk of time to be able to settle them, but we don't want to take time out of our, we don't want to take time out of our tactical meeting to make that happen. So your daily check-in, your weekly team meeting, your ad hoc meeting, and then the fourth one is what Patrick Lencioni would call a, a quarterly offsite, but I would just say a regular offsite. This is a half a day, maybe a full day. Maybe you're going to take two full days. But this is where you're, you're going to go off-site. It doesn't have to be somewhere crazy and you don't have to go to you know the mountains or something and you know have a retreat around a campfire. Go across the street to the coffee shop or you know down the street to wherever that's got a place where you guys can just meet. It's neutral ground and you can really hash out those things that you need to do as a team. This is where you're going to reassess the vision of the church. Maybe, you know, we've been focusing on this vision for the first half of the year, but something's not quite hitting right. We need to reassess. What are we as a team trying to accomplish, right? We're, maybe we're going to correct some of the bad practices that we've got. Hey, we're trying this new team meeting structure, but, you know, Ethel, you're not coming prepared. Dang it, Ethel. I know. <laughs> Poor Ethel. I know. She's trying hard, though. You know, so maybe you have to correct them. Say like, hey, you know, Ethel, we agreed people weren't going to be on their laptops during the meeting so we could be fully focused. I need to know that you're here. I need to know you're fully present. Ethel, close your laptop. Uh, Maybe it's setting new action-oriented goals that you can begin to intentionally, strategically tackle as a team. Whatever it might be, 
you got to get off site and it gives you an opportunity to really just focus on that. Nobody's distracted by people coming in the doors to distract the team from getting things done, whatever it might be. Get that quarterly offsite in, that regular offsite. Maybe it's just during the summer you have a chance to really, you know, buckle down and say, this is what we're going to focus on in the next year. Now, all of these meetings, and right, I remember I said, these meetings, it's not about having more stuff condensed into one meeting. It's about having more productive meetings more often. These four types of meetings you have might take up if you maxed out all the time that you could spend on them, 15% of your time, which might sound like a lot, but if you spend that 15% of time meeting as a team and you're able to get more done because of it, that's a great good. And again, the mission of the church, these the souls in the pews, the souls that God has entrusted to you are worth this time spent to really do these things well. And in order to do that, you got to meet well. You got to have effective, fruitful meetings. Any thoughts, Ty? Yeah, just the number three, the ad hoc meetings. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you you have a running list of things and you just say, hey, we're going to attack that once a, a week or once a month? Um, it's not super important, but yes, I I do know that we have to address it, but can we address it during the ad, those one of those ad hoc meetings? Is that something you say up front or how do you, how do you decipher or distinguish, I should say, between an ad hoc meeting item and one that maybe is, you know, a, a tactical one. Yeah, that's a good point and probably a good distinction to me. I First of all, I would say I don't believe there's any just one right way to do these things. It's It's kind of, it's about creating, again, buckets that we can be efficient about. At the end of the day, tactical to me, in, in means more like, what do we need to get done this week? What do we need to do moving forward? Whereas ad hoc is to address a specific issue that comes up or something that's a recurring theme that needs to be addressed. So I, I talked about the volunteers. We need to get better with our volunteers. Another parish, it might be, hey, we we need to figure out why people, you know, our, our budget's not good. So we need, we need to have some time to really discuss what we're going to do to intentionally engage our parishioners to hopefully tithe more, right? To give more in the collection basket. You know, so those those ad hoc meetings, they're, they're more like we don't know what to do yet, whereas the tactical ones are implementing the day-to-day, getting the things done that sure. we need to get done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Do you, do you have a different view of that? No, I, I guess I've never really looked at it uh the ad hoc meetings. I, and I don't come from, you know, I'm not in upper management where I have to deal with finance and then the IT department and then production, shipping. For me, I just have that that smaller view of my sales team. So I really don't have that. I mean, the, the only other meetings that, and I'm going to reserve the fact that I'm not going to say my total opinion on these other meetings, um, but they aren't very fruitful. Yeah, it's it's just one of those, for me, I, I can't see how, not that I'm saying it's that right, but how, do, how would you position it with a ministry leader or ministry leaders to buy into this ad hoc, you know, mentality, if you will? 
Because if you say, hey, these ad hoc meetings could be two plus hours, boy, you better have a lot of coffee and a lot of donuts and not stale ones from mass <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah, I, to me, that that is the question, right? How do you con- convince? How do you sell that as, a, as something we need to do? I believe if we are following these pillars, these, this framework that we're doing, we're becoming better leaders. And a big part of that is going to be showing by your fruit that these things are effective, that they're valuable. And, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about that a little later on. You know, if you're not the one who gets to implement the change, how do you advocate for that change? And I would say start with one. I, I think you start with one type of meeting and when they see, oh yeah, this has been really good. You know, that otherwise it's it's a presentation, it's a pitch. It's hey, I would really like us to deal with this. Yeah. Well, when you say, you know, it's it's the fruit that it bears, for me that's ministry talk for it gets results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? In sales, what's the the key performance indicator? Well, it's results, it's sales. So the more we do of something that gets us the results that we want the more we're going to want to do things like that or at least do it more often. So when you say it bears more fruit, I think that's where let's give it a try going back to, I think it was episode two or three where it's like, I'm just going to show you, right. I'm going to tell you where we're going. I'm going to tell you why we're going there mm-hmm. and the ad hoc meetings. No, no different. Amen. Amen. All right, so th- those were the four ones. I'm going to recap them because we, um, I talked for a long time. But the, the recap, it's just that daily check-in. That's the first type, five, ten minutes. Um, the second one is that weekly team meeting, just a tactical meeting. That's your regular 45 minutes, maybe 90 minutes, hour and a half. Ad hoc to address issues as they come up, important um, important, important things that you need to address. That might two, be two or more hours. And then a quarterly offsite. And that is just like your regular, it doesn't have to be quarterly, but a regular offsite so that you can reset as a team and begin to build that vision together. And if you do this, you're going to realize that you're working towards something together. And that that's life-giving and it, it can give a whole lot of momentum to the work that everybody is doing. So let's move into that second area. That, those were the four meetings I think that every team could and should have. And uh, now we'll look at how to have a good meeting. Um, And specifically, I would say this is in context of the weekly tactical meeting because this is the bread and butter of the parish life. And so this is really make or break. You have to make it, you have to make it awesome. And we're going to look at three specific parts to focus on. And and we're not going to over script this for you. It's there's not an an overt formula that really needs to be followed because everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's leadership style is different. Um, but we're going to look at three areas that you can you can really intentionally build and make better to bring value to your team and make more value out of your team. The first one, it's the first five to 10 minutes of the meeting. And I it's a focus on mission, right? You are focusing on the mission. It's the leader. Right. This ideally, this is the pastor who's tied into the mission that God has given. He's got the specific grace, the special grace tied into his role. And it's him relating to everybody. It's him helping everybody to understand how they fit into that mission and and how this meeting is going to help them to do that. Just imagine if every time that you met with your team, your boss inspired you 
and led you to consider how your work today, the, the work you're going to do today, how that's going to affect the souls in the pews and how it's going to build the kingdom of God. I want to show up to that meeting. But this, this can get lost in a lot of the mundane te- details for us in the context of our work. It's not super exciting all the time to check emails. It's not super exciting to develop curriculum. But if my boss reminds me like I am valuable because I am building the kingdom in this way, I mean, he's reminding me that I'm directly partnering with the Lord God Almighty to usher souls into heaven. And having my, my pastor speak the truth of God's work through me, it, it does something profound to realign my heart with the work that I'm doing and the people that are working with me in that mission. And so it doesn't have to be overly complicated, but it should realign everybody around the mission and help them to understand how they tie into that that mission. It's just to orient everyone around that and and help to understand how, how they can successfully attain that end. So the other thing that it does then is it sets up the whole rest of the meeting, right? It, it lets us prioritize the agenda, even in our minds, because it's now focused on the mission, the vision that we are trying to implement together and how each of these pieces need to tie into that. So I I think that's a key part that gets missed in in the church world because our mission is so important. The next area I would move into then is the content. And again, I don't, let's not overscript it. Let's not overthink it. Um, There's a resource I want to give to you. Um, there's a few th- key things that we could be working on. I think that's that's what we should focus on is just identifying what are those key things that we need to work as, as a parish. But there's a resource I want to share with you. And I talked about it in the past in episode five where we talked about who cares if my office is busy. And it's that it's, it's putting on a sheet and it's going to have three columns on it. And for every item on our list, every key area, whether it's getting ready for mass, whether it's getting ready for... Um, the parish picnic that's coming up or a fundraiser, whatever the things are that we need to tactically discuss today, we're going to have three columns for each of those, right? So you've got your reality on the other, on the right side, you've got your ideal. These are the things we need to have in place. And in the middle, you're just identifying those steps in between, right? This is just a really simple tool for discussing and looking at, um, looking at what needs to be done today in this meeting. It also helps for the next meeting because you've got then essentially a script, right? You've got a script to follow. You know who was assigned what, um, and it's easy to share. Um, It just makes all that simple so you're not starting from scratch every week. And then, uh, so that's the second part, right? You're going to just hash out those pieces that need to be taken care of in the context of this meeting, those tactical elements. And then finally, that third part is just to summarize, if you want your meetings to lead towards action that is um, oriented towards a goal, the final part of that is to say, okay, what were the decisions that were made? Who's responsible for carrying them out? And then making sure that they know we're going to follow up at the next meeting. It takes the specific items, it assigns it to people, and it says, hey, we need to know where you got on this by next week at our next tactical meeting. Accountability is so huge, especially for these meetings. They become mundane because people are going to notice that, hey, we talked about this last week and we're still talking about it this week because nobody did anything. But if if you're expected to execute or follow up with somebody in the parish or make sure you're calling on this local business because it pertains to sponsoring the retreat, you know that you have to get that done because people are going to hold you accountable because you're the one that was supposed to do it. Like you can't just show up and say, 
oh yeah, who was supposed to do that? Like all eyes are on you. So it's super important to have that last piece in the summarizing of the meeting to know who's doing what and that the next meeting it's coming up again because it should be the first thing that you talk about in that, that um, when you uh, mentioned the focusing on the mission. So the next time you come back, Hey, here's what we talked about in the last meeting. Yeah. And that's huge. So yeah. It, and again, don't, you don't need to overthink it. You're looking really practically at each of these. What is it? What's the reality now? What do we need it to be? Identify those bullet points in between and assign those to people. Summarize it. Get ready for the next meeting. Beyond that, I think there are some general tips that are worth uh, mentioning for running good of meetings. Um, if something could just be sent in an email, it probably doesn't need to be discussed ad nauseum in a meeting. There is no need to have uh, a quorum present, <laughs> just send it in an email. Uh, and the, the second one, I, I just cannot emphasize this enough. Father doesn't need to lead the meeting. It, that might, it, everybody's given different gifts. Everybody's given different talents and abilities. I'm not saying he shouldn't be a part of making final decisions and all those things or that the buck doesn't stop with him. He does not need to lead that meeting. So if there's someone who's actually really geared towards um, actually completing tasks or task management or whatever it is, they might actually they might be really good person to tap and say, hey, can you run the meeting and just make sure everybody stays on task, help sure get everybody through Somebody that's comfortable saying, hey, that's off topic. Let's move on. You know, find that person on your team and say they're going to kind of run the meeting. They're going to make sure we stay on task. And I really want them to do that because I'm the pastor and I get to make that decision. You know, if you're if you're not good at it, just just own it. That's just fine. It doesn't make you less of a leader. You know, this is done in Scripture, too. We have Aaron and Moses. Moses, he he says when God calls him, he says, I'm, I'm not quick of tongue. I stumble over my words. I'm uncomfortable with this. God, I don't know how to speak good. And so Aaron becomes his mouthpiece. God speaks to Moses. Moses shares it with Aaron, and Aaron shares it with the people. There's nothing wrong with that model. That's a good and beautiful, holy model. Amen? Amen, Aaron. <laughs> Here's what I will also say about Father. If you help him to free up time by removing some of these mundane things that he's not good at or he just doesn't want to do, you would be amazed at what energy he'll have for the things that he's really good at or wants to do. So if he's bogged down by leading all of these meetings, making all, making all of these big decisions, holy cow, we need to help our priests out because they have a very, very important job just celebrating the Mass, but now organizing an entire parish and making those small decisions help him out, you know, step up. If you're good at leading meetings, lead the meeting. He doesn't have to do it all the time. And I bet you anything, I will bet you a good old hot dish uh, that he would welcome that as well. <laughs> hot dish. <laughs> Keep it moving. And with that, let's move on to the devil's advocate. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Dun, dun. I don't know what that was. Yeah, we'll figure that. That was the law and order thing, right? Oh. Dun dun. <laughs> well, I I think we got to continue with last week's devil's advocate because it's still the same thing. Right? 
all of that is good and fine, John. I can run a good meeting. I can talk when I need to talk. I can send a message in an email when it needs to be in, in an email. But what happens when I don't have that power? Right? I don't know if Father wants to give that up. And we keep picking on Ethel, but what if Ethel constantly steps over me to say, no, here's what we're going to do. So it's easy to say when, when you're in charge, but how do you say it when you're not in charge? You know, what if, what, what if I don't have any decision-making ability to influence an entire staff? I think you're right to say that, Ty. That, that's a good one to focus on. Um, you may not be in charge of the decision-making in your parish, right? And the leader, the pastor may not be open to overhauling everything in a way, every, everything right away. But maybe you can advocate for one of these meeting options. And that's going to help you to be more fruitful. It's going to help you to be more effective. And that's just you leading in the area that you can, right? You're cleaning your corner. And, and in doing that, you become a catalyst for change down the road. Uh, imagine just approaching your pastor and maybe you can't get the whole team together for that one, that five to ten minute sit down meeting in the morning or standing meeting in the morning or before lunch. But maybe you can get them to commit to a regular one on one with you to help. And what he's going to get is a really intimate glimpse and insight into your capabilities. He'll be partnering with you in a new way that might actually inspire him. Right. So don't think about it as just being in this box. I need to have these exact meetings this way. What's the next step that could maybe open up the conversation to moving this way if the team isn't all on that same page? I think that's a good place to start. Or maybe the rest of the staff just wants to do the daily check-in together. If Father's not on board, you don't really need Father's permission just to meet with the rest of your coworkers. You you can just invite them to start a new thing and, and see what God does with it. Again, I, I like to throw it back to this Line from Isaiah 43, verse 19. God says, I am about to do a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? This this is what you do when you choose to just lead in those areas. And it might not be the whole shebang all at once, but that next step, the next actionable step that you can take that can help you to implement these things, some of these ideas. And some is always better than none. So if you're just afraid it's not going to go, well, do something. Even if you can't do the full thing, do something. And and that bias towards action creates momentum towards success. Mm. It's better to have half of something than all of nothing. Mm. That'll preach. That'll preach. (laughs) So a couple actionable steps for you. Um, Pick one of the four meetings above that you think would directly impact your parish's missional effectiveness. That's the one you should advocate for. Whichever one in your mind, it's like, this is something that'll get us on the same page and moving forward. Pick that one and then schedule a crucial conversation with Father and other members of the team to get that ball rolling. Because you'll be surprised if you just start having that conversation, even if you can't convince them, if you continue to have that conversation over and over and over again, eventually just the inception of that idea, like it, it starts to kind of burrow into the people's brains and they start thinking this would maybe be a good idea. You got to start having the conversations though. And you can't be afraid to fail because even if you fail, you're still going to be working at the parish. You're still going to be doing the Lord's work, but at least you're getting the ball rolling. And the la- the next actionable step, go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources that action planning sheet that I was talking about earlier with those three columns 
We created one for you. It's really simple. You just write down whatever the item is that you're trying to accomplish, and it's got your three columns ready for you. Go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources and download that action planning sheet. You can immediately apply it to any of the items on your to-do list and begin to create plans for action to get those items done. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals Podcast. If you found today's show helpful, please immediately text it to your pastor, text it to a friend in Catholic ministry so that others can find out about the show. Uh, And we need your feedback. So let us know what questions our content raises for you um, by going to catholicministryprofessionals.com and clicking on send a message. Those messages come directly to our email and they help us to refine the content so that we can better serve you. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard. Thank you.